With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, hey, bartender. Yeah, yeah, bring me it all. Everything you got. If it's wet, I want it. Please give it to me now. Help me for the love of God. My name is Wolfgang at Wolfgang Hawkeye. Instant reacts. TCU 94, Iowa 92 at Wolfgang Hawkeye on Twitter, by the way. At Wolfgang Hawkeye on Twitter, by the way. That was a tough one. Oh, that was a tough one. I wanted that big time. Big time. Oh, we were not playing a bad team at all. I don't know what, where this has come from. Everybody was acting like we should win this game easy. Looked up a ton of stats on TCU. Okay, looked up a ton of stats on TCU. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're Ken Palm number 40. You know what we are at Ken Palm? 70. TCU 67 in the RPI. You know what Iowa is? 81. Sagarin. TCU is 42. Iowa 67. Now, TCU doesn't have many, actually doesn't have a ton of good wins. They've beaten Iowa State. They've beaten Kansas. They've beaten Kansas State. They're 2-11 versus top 25 competition, 4-13 versus top 50. Iowa was 6-9 versus top 50, 4-3 against top 25 teams. But I wanted that game, and I think we were the better team. I do. And they've got a heck of a coach, but so do we. Jamie Dixon is a heck of a coach. He did a heck of a job at Pittsburgh, and I thought he got a raw deal over there. I looked, I looked up some stuff on Jamie Dixon, and for seven years to start a career, Jamie Dixon tied the record for most wins for your first seven years on the job. For six years, I think he actually beat it, if I remember correctly, correctly with Jamie Dixon, uh, Fran McCaffrey's best friend, Jamie Dixon. Woo, did I think they were going to go at it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight Fran with one arm tied behind my back, blindfolded. I wouldn't want any piece of Fran. With, yeah, yeah, I'm kidding you. I am not kidding you. I wouldn't want any, any freaking part of Fran McCaffrey. He, Dixon was national coach of the year at one time. Two Big East championships. One Big East tournament champion. He's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. Okay, but so are we. We're a good program. I wanted that bad. I did. The reason he's not at Pittsburgh anymore is because he could not get it done when it was most important. He NCAA tournament had one elite eight, I believe, and everything else not that great. He didn't leave up live up to his regular season record and or his championships. He just couldn't get it done when it mattered most. And I think Pitt, fan, Pitt fans kind of got sick of it. Okay. And speaking of fans, exactly. Speaking of fans, let's get a little positive here. God bless you, Hawkeye fans that are driving home. Hopefully, listening to this right now. We're not going to be. We're not going to be try try to be too negative. We're going to be positive because there's plenty to be positive about. And that number uno uno is the fans. You guys were crazy, standing up, clapping, cheering bringing back the team when they were down double digits, 
fantastic job. And if they can figure out a way to do that next year and we get that home court advantage, I'm going to say it now. I think Iowa's got a chance to win the Big Ten. I, I, I'm not joking. I'm going to do a ton of homework on all the other teams, and we're going to have to figure out who's leaving, who's not leaving, or whatever, who's transferring. Um, so it's a little soon probably to do that, but I'm going to do that. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of anybody in the Big Ten for next year and with Iowa. And especially if we can get some, some, court of, some type of home court advantage. How much more fun was that to watch? TB, if you were a season ticket holder, okay, and you were a big donor, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Instead of it being half full, instead of people yelling at you to sit down, they were great. Great job out of the fans. You brought the kids back. You gave them standing O's when they were diving for loose balls, when they were doing everything. Okay, that first half was a little bit of a struggle in the turnover department. Let's look that up. We've got 12 turnovers in the first half. That ain't going to cut it. That sticks out like a sore thumb. There was one other big-time one that stuck out, and that was um, points off turnovers. Eight. That's, that's also not going to cut it. And the free throws for the entire game, actually. You've got to hit your free throws. This, this team is too good to not hit their free throws. We've got too many good shooters on the team. Not to, you got to get the right guys at the line, though. <laughs> I'd like to see maybe uh, Wagner go to the Rick Barry style because uh, – I don't know that he's ever going to be a good free throw shooter, but I do love his intensity on defense and his toughness and all that stuff. And I love everybody on this freaking basketball team. And Iowa's got nothing to be ashamed of. Losing to a Big 12 team. But how about the Big 10? Three teams in the, in the Sweet 16 when we were just getting killed. All the basketball bracketologists or the basketball proctologists, as I like to say. Okay? The definition of a proctologist is the branch of medicine dealing with the rectum or anus. And that's what I, I think that is very comparable to the basketball bracketologist. I don't, they drive me absolutely insane. The radio guys, the newspaper guys, the Twitter people, even some fans. It drives me crazy. The hatred for the Big Ten, no matter what it is, whether it's the Ken Palm, Sagarin, RPI, or whatever. If, if they show that the Big Ten is number one conference, no, no, it's not. You can't trust that stuff. You can't, you can't trust that stuff. But if the ACC is the number one conference, oh, well then, yeah, that's the best conference, obviously. If they actually agree that, that the Big Ten is the best conference, then they just bash the big conference for having a boring style of ball. Whether it's basketball or football, they'll make fun of the uh, Big Ten for you know, actually tackling. What they do is they, they, get the, they take their right hand, they take their left hand, and they wrap up and tackle you to the ground. I know you're a Big 12 fan, TB, so <laughs> I'm sorry to go there, but the Big Ten doesn't suck, okay? And for the guy that, that, that tweeted out, listen to this. You're going to love this, okay? For the Big Ten haters and the ACC lovers, a guy by the name of John Rothstein said, and this is a quote, folks. This is a quote. I want to go up and see if he's deleted this. If he kept this up, I respect him. And I'm, I will tweet at him and say, mad respect. We all make mistakes. We're all wrong. We're all... But this guy was super wrong. Listen to this quote from John Rothstein. Eight days, talking about the ACC, eight days away from Selection Sunday and 11 ACC teams still have a chance to make the NCAA tourney. Best league in the history of the sport, says John Rothstein. Unquote. Wow. 
They're 0 for 5 as of right now for Sweet 16 teams. Big Ten's got three. These ACC teams, I think it was Scott Van Pelt that tweeted out, Miami, ACC team, lost by 20. Okay, not exactly a close game. Notre Dame, lost by 12. UVA, Virginia, lost by 26, which is really 126 with Virginia's style of ball. And Florida State lost by 25. So it's just interesting. We'll go to John Rothstein's Twitter and see if, mad respect to him if if he decided not to take that down. That's right. That's what you hear. You know, that's, it's, you've even heard Izzo come out and complain about the media and how they bash the Big Ten. You've heard fans over the years complain about the coverage that they get from the media about the Big Ten. Is it a, persecu- is it a persecution complex? I don't think so. If you're actually being persecuted. Because I, and obviously I'm talking in a sports sense here. Okay? I don't think it's paranoia. I don't think it's paranoia at all, especially with three teams in the Sweet 16. I think the Big Ten had a good, decent season. I think we downplayed the the Big Ten season all year long. I do. And I think if you look forward to next year and what Iowa's got coming back, and we will here, and we're going to end happy and positive even after the 94-92 loss to TCU because they weren't a bad team at all. They weren't a bad team at all. So if you look at at some of the box score here, uh, my man Bohannon with 25 points, 8 of 15 from field goal range. 7 of 12 from three-point range, 2 of 3 from free throws, and then 13 assists. The guy, unbelievable. And 42 minutes, okay? Unbelievable. He's playing just a buttload of minutes. So you, if you look at that 7 of 12 three-point field goal range now, you're talking 13 games. I'm guessing 53-ish percent now from three-point range. And you add that 25 points he got today with the, because of the 12-game span, he was averaging what, 14, 15? He's got to be averaging around 17, 18 points in a 13-game span for a true freshman. Now, what he's got to do is what everybody's been talking about, and we have to keep talking about it because it's huge, and defense is the name of the game. He's got to stay in front of his man. He has to stay in front of his man. Or terrible, absolutely terrible things happen. It breaks down the defense. People need to come help. He dishes to the big guy, and they get layups. Absolute layups. Because if you look at TCU's line, they shot 51% from the field. Hit my mouse here. 51% from the field and 42% from uh, three-point range. We can't let them get layups. We can't let the defense break down like that time and time again. That's That's got to improve. We can't let teams shoot 51% field goal range against us. It's not going to lead to what I think could happen. Am I going out on a little bit of a limb saying next year, I think we got a shot, more than a shot, to win it all, to win the national, not the national championship, to win the Big Ten championship? I truly believe that. With the guys that we got coming back, but the the defense has to improve. Interior and and the guards. The guards got to help the interior guys by not letting the the defense be broken down. That can't happen. But if you look at the positives, if you look at the shooting of Bohannon, you look at the passing, 13 assists, how he's dishing. And what I was always worried about all year is him getting into the lane and getting his bleep blocked. Well, he's proven, proven me wrong on a number of occasions where he's getting layups. I'd still like to see him pass there. It still scares me that he's going to get his stuff blocked a little bit too much. But he's made a number of layups. Maybe he's that, can I use the word crafty? 
Maybe he just is. He doesn't have a huge vertical leap or anything like that. But if, if it's there and he thinks he can get it off, get the easy two points, fine. I would like him to dish to the big guys who like to throw it down like a cook. Did you see that dunk in the first half by Cook? I mean, who? he looked angry at the rim. He looked like the rim like, did something to his mama. Seriously. That's how angry he looked at the rim when he threw that down. And I love his attitude. And look at this. Seven of seven from Cook. Seven of seven. TB, was he eight of eight from last, last game? Is he 15 of 15 for the last two games? We got to look that up. Is that, that's efficient, baby. That is efficient. But again, on the free throws, two of five, 40%. That's not going to cut it. He's got to continue to do that. And he had a down rebounding game. Uh, probably no help with uh, their big guy down low. That probably didn't help anyway. Because he had had, I think, four or five games in a row where it was 10 or 8 rebounds. And he only got 5 rebounds in this game with 28 minutes. Um, and way too many turnovers. Way too many turnovers. 7 turnovers for Cook. Um, that's not going to cut it. Uh, let's look at Jock and how he went out. We're going to miss that guy. How much we're going to miss him, we'll talk about in future podcasts. But 22 points from Jock in the first half. It was stop, drop, and roll. He was so, He was on fire. That's how on fire he was. Stop, drop, and roll, Jock. I was afraid he was going to just blow up in flames, combust. Um, he was 8 of 17, 5 of 10 from three-point range, and 1 of 2 from the line, and 4 rebounds. And in, again, in the first half, I really liked his defense. I thought, he, I thought it petered off, no pun intended, a little bit. <laughs> No, a little bit in the, in, the, in the second half, but his intensity in the first half on defense I really liked, um, and 41 minutes out of him, and that'll happen. I mean, if you're playing that many minutes and you're playing in overtime, that happens on defense, but you gotta, the effort's got to be there always, always on defense. Um, Creener got a, got a few minutes. I uh, got two points, one or two field goals. He had an awesome, unbelievable um, effort rebound. Um, that I loved, and I think we'll see more out of him next year. Some people aren't as high on him as I am, um, but it's going to be interesting with whether he'll get over-recruited. It's just going to be crazy offseason for the Hawkeyes to find out what happens and some of these guys coming in, a guy like Nunge, who's bordering on top 100 now. I don't know if a few people have seen this. Um, I believe, I can't remember the site, but he's up to like around 110 um, and moving up and continuing to, to move up. Uh, top five player of the year candidate in Indiana. From what I understand, the Indiana people are not proud that he is getting out of the state. And maybe Alfred's not going to be proud. <laughs> Ooh, is that happening, folks? That's a podcast in its own right there. Read John Miller's article if you haven't read that. That uh, He and uh, Mr. Uh, Dan Dockage going at it. And who doesn't go at Dan Dockage? Dan Dockage is the most sensitive unbelievable i mean he he spits venom at people and then when they come back fairly with facts to back stuff up he'll block you seriously what is wrong with this guy i mean he's blocked some of the some guys that i know that are and i read how they got blocked and i'm like what is his problem i may have trolled him a little bit back in the day that's you know that's how i rolled a little bit when he was talking about Aaron Kraft, the best player in college basketball, and I, I was going at him. I kept saying, are you going to talk about this? I mean, he was your boyfriend that first half of the year, and now all of a sudden, what's going on here, Danny? So maybe, maybe I deserve to get blocked. I, I'll, I'll say that, but there are a number of people that I know got blocked that I've seen their tweets, and I'm just like, this guy's sensitive. He's too sensitive for a guy that 
spits venom and opinion at people like the way he does. It's just, it's crazy. Um, who else do we talk about? Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear was back. Okay. Had a two game drought, I would say. Um, didn't see the, what I love about him, the passion, um, and the energy and the, and he wasn't hitting his shot and he got in foul trouble one game. So that's obviously part of it, but bear with 15 points, five of eight, uh, field goals, Four of six from three-point range, one of two from the line um, in our line, our free throw line. There, you want to look at something again that could have cost us. At forty-two percent, we shot from the free throw line, but yet we shot fifty-three point three percent from the three-point line. I got an idea. Let's just take a few steps back when we shoot free throws. What do you think? I mean, if we're shooting fifty-two point. 53.3% from three-point range and only 42.1% from free-throw line for crying out loud. And that's a big thing that we will go over because there are going to be tons of guys that are shooting free-throws for our team next year that we probably, we'd rather have, obviously, other guys shooting. So they're going to have to up their game. Up their game, work their shot, get thousands and thousands and thousands of shots in. The problem with that is, and I've always had a problem with the free-throw thing, is... You can't replicate what guys go through when they shoot free throws in an arena. It's, it's, it's fine if you're down at the Y or if you're down at Carver and there's nobody there to shoot free throws and nobody's yelling at you and nobody's saying, uh, making fun of you for uh, how you look or yelling, chanting stuff at you and throwing pictures in the back of the... No. So that's hard. Get your stroke down and you, gotta, you have to shoot it the same way you do in practice. And take a deep breath like B.J. Armstrong did, used to do. That's how you do. You calm your nerves. You take a deep breath. Make sure the ball is in your hand and you follow through. And I think I, think I believe the guys can raise their level to that, uh, to that level. Um, let's go with Pemsel. Pemsel had four points, two of five. Brings the attitude. Seven rebounds out of him. Good job out of him. Um, two assists in 16 minutes. But, uh, yeah, Bear was back. I was so glad to see that. He was Bring it. He kept us in the game in that second half. He kept us in the game in that second half. Did he hit three point? He hit three three pointers in what? It wasn't a very long span, and it was the point spread was around 10, 11, something like that. And he hit him and crucial and got it cut to seven to where it's doable. The crowd starts getting into it, and then we go on our run. Um, the negative, obviously, losing another one possession game. Which just, it, it makes it difficult. It makes it really difficult because it was there to be had um, in these one possession games just drive me crazy and they're hard for, they're hard for, um, they're hard to deal with. You're, you're pointing at Bohannon's assists. I did, I think I said that, but maybe not. 13 assists out of Bohannon. So, I mean, if he's going to shoot the way he does, he's going to get into the lane and dish to guys and get them easy buckets, get their confidence flowing. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. Um, so we'll probably do a podcast probably next week, looking a little bit more to the future, um, trying to figure out where we think this team will sit, looking at the other teams like a Michigan loses a lot. Uh, my team's finally coming through because I was looking real bad there the whole season when I said Michigan, man, I'm telling you, Michigan, and then they're a seven seed. I think I kept saying eight seed. No, they're a seven seed. Um, and now they're finally coming on. They win the Big Ten tournament. They're in the Sweet 16. Who knows? Look out for Michigan. Wisconsin loses a ton, a freaking ton. Um, 
you know, we'll see with Maryland. Penn State's young. Not scared of Penn State, please. Um, Michigan State, their stud's going to go, but they'll still have their other stud freshman that is just a pimp down low. Just unbelievable footwork, unbelievable hands down low. And, you know, I'm sure Izzo is bringing in. That's the other thing we'll have to do. We'll have to look at the recruits that the guys are bringing in. I'll look at some YouTube clips to see if see uh, how good some of these guys are that are coming in. But guess what? Iowa brings in some guys, too. A nunge that's just shooting up the charts on the, on the, uh, on the recruiting front. A McCaffrey, who I seem to like more than most, who I think is going to get playing time and will pass over Mr. Uh, Mr. Christian Williams, unfortunately. Nothing against the kid, but uh, I just think that McCaffrey's not just upside, not just potential. I think it will be there from day one, and I think you will see he is a better player than Williams. I think you'll see that. Maybe Williams will make that third-year leap like, uh, like a jock did, like an Aaron White did. Maybe you'll see that. I don't know. Um, so we'll end it here. Um, again, TCU 94, Hawkeyes 92. Hang in there, Hawkeye fans. I think we got a good, good season coming up next year. And uh, get your season tickets. And I think, again, I think all of you guys deserve season tickets for the rest of the year next year. That was so much fun to watch and makes it so much more fun to watch and go to games when you got people like you that were there. So thank you if you're listening on your way home. We will be back next week and we'll, uh, we'll break down next season a little bit more and some of the other Big Ten teams and what they've got coming back and the recruits they've got coming in. My name is Wolfgang, at Wolfgang Hawkeye on Twitter. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.